happy and healthy. What is up? I am back. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. Happy Tuesday. Ah, I'm in just such a good mood today. Oh, wait, hold on. I just realized that my ceiling fan is on and that might make some noises in the background. So let me just turn that off really fast. Okay, we should be Gucci now. You guys, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. It feels so dang good just to sit here and film a solo episode. Um, I pre-filmed a ton before going to Portugal, and I just got back from Portugal last night, super, super late. Um, I was in Portugal for two weeks, and what is that noise? Do y'all hear that? <laughs> Hold on. I think my table is making noises. How about we don't do that table? How's that? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, I was in Portugal for two weeks and I just got back last night and I got back probably around 2 a.m. and didn't go to sleep till like 2.15 and I didn't sleep for over like 24 hours. Like, yeah, I slept a little bit on the plane, but literally on my last plane ride, I was from Chicago to Dallas. I literally felt like I was drunk because I was that tired. Like I could not keep my eyes open. I was in such a daze. So I just got back last night and had the most amazing trip and I kind of wanted to make this podcast about my trip what happened there it was really really cool and what does it look like what does it mean to have a mission kingdom mindset anywhere you go Um, because this was not a mission trip but I basically use this as a mission trip and so I want to share what does it kind of mean to have the mission kingdom mindset where you're traveling in anywhere you go what does it mean to kind of look like Christ to set yourself apart to look different to where people notice and so again this is uh not again I didn't even say anything yet (laughs) this isn't me trying to be like I'm the best person ever and I'm the best Christian but I want to share with y'all what works and kind of what doesn't when you're trying to look like Christ, when you're traveling, when you're doing kingdom work, and when you're just trying to set yourself apart. And just kind of a story of what, how basically I led this German girl to the Lord and what made people ask me further questions. So that's kind of what I want today's podcast to be, just sharing my experience of what Portugal was like and um, just some really cool stories from that trip. So, uh, yeah, I was gone for two weeks, and like I said, I just pre-filmed a ton. Um, I think the podcast with Connor did really, really well, so thank you guys for listening to that. Again, you can watch all these podcasts on YouTube at the Happy and Healthy uh, Podcast on YouTube. The link is always down below, and then I also did one with Riley about, you know, how to wait well, how to do your waiting season well, what does that look like, and so it was just really, really cool seeing all the feedback on those podcasts. You guys are just loving them, and it means so much to me that you guys are loving them and obviously I love these I have so much fun making these podcasts for you guys and it was really cool actually in the port the in the uh, airport coming back yesterday I was in um, Chicago that was one of my layovers Um, I saw this girl wearing my friend's merch and I was like that's so fun I was like she's wearing my friend Jesse's sweater and then she kept looking at me and she came up to me and she said her name was Courtney I believe or Courtney or Claire one of one of them was a C and she just told me like thank you so much for your podcast on the waiting season like I needed that and singleness and she was like I'm going through that same season right now and so it's always just so encouraging seeing it in real life when I meet you guys and you you encourage me and affirm me and it makes me realize okay like these podcasts they are helping they are making a difference and that just made me feel so great and just like thank you Jesus for that and so it was so nice to meet her in the airport yesterday 
And as you guys know, I do um, voice memos from you guys where you guys can submit voice messages down below. I got one from Amber. I wanted just to play that really quickly because it was just really sweet. I listen to every single voice memo that you guys send me. Even if I don't feature these in every single podcast, I do listen to them. So thank you guys so much. But I'm going to be playing one today from Amber. Hey Janine, my name is Amber and I just had to say thank you so much. I have so much respect for you. I just think that you're such a kind-hearted, genuine person and you use your platform for the best. Um, Thank you for choosing to just preach his word. I think he's doing so many amazing things through you and speaking so much wisdom through you. You are reaching out to so many people to show that um, in all aspects of life. I'll always remember you preaching about show me your friends and I'll show you future. That has stuck with me and I really genuinely think that you're that friend just so inspiring um putting reality into perspective but having so much faith while you do it so thank you again so much for what you do and if god says this is for you just please keep preaching to us because it's super inspiring ah love it thank you so much amber for submitting that truly those words mean the world to me that you think that and just thank you so much um i i'm just i love this podcast so much so that is so uh just affirming to me so thank you guys so much but uh yeah for today's episode like i was saying i kind of wanted just to talk about my trip and just like what does it mean to kind of just be set apart and so i went to portugal uh the first international trip i've done in over a year since covid obviously and i was really really nervous to be honest i was really nervous like what's going to happen are there going to be any issues like what is it going to be like? And so um, went to this surf camp with this company called The Point. It's my third time working with this surf camp. I absolutely love working with them. And they sent both both me and my best friend Penny to Portugal. And we were in Iracilla. I think, is that how you pronounce it? Iracilla. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm very sorry if that's wrong. But we were there for two weeks in Portugal. And it's really, really cool because... The LaPointe camps are mainly international. Like, they're, they're, it's an international, sorry, it's a European-based company. It's based out of Norway. So when you go, there's just international people out the wazoo. Like, so many different countries represented there. And before you go, you need to get a negative PCR test before you can go to this camp, just FYI. So everyone, you know, had to wear a mask and, you know, be tested negative with a PCR test before you go, which was really helpful. So they gave me some peace of mind there. And so basically, there's people from literally all over the world there. You have Italy, Germany, Sweden, Norway, Malta, Belarus, Ger- I mean, literally everywhere, Belgium, the Netherlands, like you name it, there's people from all over the world there. And it was really, really cool. The first week, uh, my best friend Sarah and I were the only Americans there. And they kept being like, why did you travel so far away? Like, why would you come? And I was like, well, why freaking not? <laughs> like, it was amazing. So, so many different conversations. And I think my favorite, favorite thing is learning, you know, about different cultures, hearing how different people do different things from their country, the different languages. Like, I've always been very very fascinated about cultures. Uh, Portugal was my 25th country I've actually actually traveled to. And so um, I love traveling and I love learning about different cultures. And I think it's really, really important if you have the privilege, if you have the opportunity, if you have the finances to travel, to go internationally and to submerge yourself in the culture, to learn about people's cultures, to learn the language or to learn the food or whatever it is, do it. Please do it. I feel like you do yourself a disservice 
to not get out of your comfort zone, to not try to learn about new things and just to stay in your bubble. So if you can do it now, obviously I know with the pandemic, it made things more complicated, fully, fully aware of that. And so I feel really, really blessed that I got to go to Portugal. I was really nervous again, like I said, that I wasn't going to get to go or that something was going to happen, but praise God, everything went well and I went and it was great. So you're, you're there for two weeks and there's everyone from different backgrounds and cultures. And we all had really good conversation about, you know, differences in our countries. And they all asked me a ton of different questions as well. Like, what is America like? And what do you do? And like, how was the politics there and the culture and how was the pandemic? And it was really interesting hearing everyone's different perspective as far as how they handled the pandemic and how hard was it for them? or what what went well for them, or how was their family, and uh, we just got into some really, really cool discussions, and because I was there with my, there with my best friend, um, we would kind of banter off of each other, and always in the Bible, always says to go two by two, like anywhere you go, if you go two by two, you're able to almost bounce off of each other, and versus someone just looking at me being like, this girl's crazy, she loves Jesus, she doesn't party, smoke, hook up, blah, 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 um, my best friend could also be like, yeah, I didn't do that either. And so versus people looking at me, like I'm just this crazy girl. It was like, we were both doing it and we could, um, really just work off of each other. And so we had so many amazing faith conversations with our friends there. We made some really, really cool friendships with people there, like specifically a German guy named Lassa and our friend Marco from Italy. And it was awesome. And we just got into some different conversations where people asked us, like, you know, what is what is church like in America? And for some reason, actually, no, not for some reason, I feel like the Lord has always put on my heart Germany, specifically because of my dad. And of course, I love my Guatemalan culture as well. But ever since I was little, this one moment, this one conversation I had with my German cousins when I was growing up stuck with me. I think I was like maybe 15 or 14 when I had this conversation. And my German cousin, Sophia, she said that, actually no, or Katerina, she said that if they had churches like we do in America, that they would go to church more, but they just don't have churches like that in Germany. And ever since I was little, I've always had Europe on my heart. And sometimes people look at the world and they're like, okay, we need to go to the third world countries where there's no food and there's no water. And that is amazing. That is completely, definitely, absolutely right. That's what I think you should go do if that's your heart and your mission. But my heart has always been for the people that um, don't think that they need God. For the people that simply just look at America and they're like, that's, you know, you guys are crazy or you're brainwashing your people. And I've had so many conversations with Europeans essentially where they're like, we don't have, we don't have churches the way that you do. Our churches are boring. They're religious, they're legalistic. Um, and people want almost absolutely nothing to do with faith there. I had so many conversations of people saying that. And my friend Thomas from the, uh, from, from Denmark He said that you have to pay taxes and that he almost paid his way out of it because he didn't want to be a part of it. And he just thought that it was so corrupt. And that just broke my heart. And of course, church is corrupt. It can be corrupt because the church is operated by sinners, by people that are broken, by people that might be selfish, people that come from past hurts and all of that stuff. So of course, the church was never meant to be your savior, but it's meant to obviously draw you near to Christ and to help you and to guide you and to be uniting you with people that are supposed to all be 
like-minded and then has the same goal of making Jesus's name known and getting to know Jesus. And we're not meant to do life alone. And so that's why I really believe church is essential, but they don't have churches like that there. And that just made me so sad and so bummed out. And I, I've always had this heart and this just idea of like, okay, what would it look like to plant churches in Europe? What would it look like to bring the element of freedom and to break legalism and to break religion in Europe? Because I think there's a generational pattern of religion and legalism and all this stuff there that people want absolutely nothing to do with, which is exactly why my dad left Germany, exactly why my dad didn't like Germany and how my dad found Christ here in the U.S. because suddenly his eyes were open and he was like, this is what I have been missing. And that's essentially what I kept sharing with all my European friends there because they were like, why did your dad leave Germany? And I just kept telling them like he left because the churches just didn't relate to him. He couldn't relate. He couldn't understand. It was like shoving it down his throat. And sure, you can definitely, definitely, definitely find that in the U.S. for sure. But the churches here are so much more different. They're more freeing. And it's not like a forceful, like you have to do this or you have to do that, or your parents aren't necessarily forcing you. And again, I cannot generalize. I cannot speak for all cultures, all countries, all people, all backgrounds. I definitely cannot, but I'm just trying to give from my perspective what I've come to see and what I've come to know. And so that's kind of essentially what I noticed was that. And so they would, my friends there would be like, why do you want to go to church? Like, why do you, why do you believe this? And it was really cool to kind of test my faith to challenge me, but also very, very cool to see how the Lord has prepped me for such a time as this. Because it was like in this moment when they were asking me, like, why do you believe this? Or do you think God is real? Why do you think God is real? Or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like just getting really, really challenged. It tested me to be like, okay, Janine, like, why do you believe what you believe? And the best way to just always do it is to one, to look different, you know, to set yourself apart, to look different, to not participate. Because we were there with a lot of Europeans. We were there with a lot of people that they came with the mindset of, I want to get as drunk as possible on this trip, like straight up plastered. So almost every night, you know, Sarah and I, we would go to bed pretty early, probably like 10, 1030. Also, we were really extremely jet lagged. Like most of them already were in Europe. So their time difference was maybe like an hour or two for us. It was six to eight hours time difference. So we were really, really jet lagged. So we would go to bed early. But a lot of the nights, you know, they would be like, hey, like, come party with us and come drink. And why don't you want to drink with us? And, you know, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with having a drink or drinking or having a glass of wine or whatever, like whether it's just like a mojito or a margarita. But to consume to the point where you're getting drunk or you're compromising decisions or morals and you're not being sober minded, that's where people are going to start being like, "Okay, you look just like the rest of us. So, like, number one is to set yourself apart. And so when we would say, hey, we're going to go to bed, not that we were ever trying to condemn them or judge them if they were drinking, like we wouldn't be like, I can't believe you're drinking, but we would just be like, hey, go have fun, but you know, we're going to go to bed. And they would be like, wait, why? Like, aren't you guys on vacation? Like, don't you want to party? And so that's like one of the, I think the best ways is to set yourself apart by just not participating in what everyone else is doing. Because again, as a Christian, we are called to be a light. We're called to look different. We're called to be a city on a hill. We're called to not look like the world, to be in the world, but not of the world. And so even though I'm there, doesn't mean I have to participate in what everyone else is doing. So I would show them that you guys, you can have a drink. And a lot of them would be like, 
well, I thought Christians couldn't drink. And I'm like, according to whom? Like, according to whom? And so I think that, again, there's this religious mindset of people saying, okay, well, if you're a Christian, then why are you drinking? And I'm like, no, the Bible says don't get drunk. It says to be sober-minded. And, of course, the cliche, Jesus drank wine. Sure, we use that, right? But do I know if Jesus got drunk? I don't know. I, I kind of doubt it, considering the Bible always says you know, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that was always my goal and my mission when before I even went on the trip every day, I had some really good, not what I'd say every day, maybe every other day. I had really good, like quality time with the Lord of just Lord, like use me on this trip. I want you to help me make a difference on this trip. Your spirit, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I just kept praying for divine anointed moments on this trip of just like, Lord, use me, help me be a difference, help me set myself apart, help people notice kindness in me and love in me and a servant heart in me. And so, um, that was just like a one thing that people just kept noticing is that we weren't really participating in what everybody else was doing. And they might've thought we were kind of weird or kind of lame or whatever, but you know, we didn't judge them. We didn't say you're a fool for doing that. We just said, Hey, enjoy it. We'll see you guys in the morning. And so that was like the number one thing that people kept asking is like, Why aren't y'all doing what I'm doing? And I think that's so important that you can go in those situations and I can go and I could be like, hey, I'm just going to have vacation. This is fun. I'm just here for a brand deal. I'm just here to like party and just do, you know, do me and whatever. But I went kind of with the mindset of like, I'm using this as a mission trip because it says in the great commission that go and make disciples of all nations What a better opportunity than this, than to make disciples of all nations, because all nations were represented there. Okay, not all, but a lot of different nations, like 15 different countries were represented there at the same time. How cool is that? So I almost felt like if I went on this trip, I would be squandering this moment and this time of two weeks, quality time with people to look different. And so an example, my best friend actually she was amazing and she was an example for this and she's such a servant heart. We would help to, you know, help take people's plates after dinner. We would always take their plates, offer to clean, offer to buy them things, offer to serve them. Hey, can I get you water? Hey, can I take your plate? Hey, can I do this for you? I just think being um, a servant heart really makes people notice something different about you. And so offer to serve, offer to help, offer to bend over backwards, do things that you probably don't really want to do, but that people will notice and be like, why are you doing that? Like, you don't have to take my dishes. You don't have to buy me this. You don't have to get me that. And so I think that really, really makes a big difference. Now, I'm not trying to come from the stance of I'm amazing and I did this perfectly and I'm the prime example of what everyone should do. Please don't think that. But I think these are things that I noticed that helped that made a difference. And so Another thing that I kind of just feel like really helped is that, you know, we were there, we would have these conversations and we would really just try to get to know people. I always want to encourage you to go deep, go deep in your conversations. Don't keep things surface leveled. Ask people really, really good questions. I had people telling me some of their craziest moments, the deepest things, deepest, darkest secrets, things that they had not ever told anybody or things that they were embarrassed of or things that they were just like, yeah, that happened to me four years ago. And that shaped me into who I am. So ask people, challenge people, question people, dive deeper, dig deeper, ask them what makes you who you are. There was this German guy and he was like one of my favorite people there. Um, His name was Dominique. He shared some really, really cool things with me that I don't know if he shared with a ton of people before. And so, of course, you can build the trust. You can build, um, you know, share your story, build trust with people, but eventually keep asking them questions. 
Everybody wants to talk about themselves. Let me tell you that. Like if you're ever sitting there and you're like, I don't really know what to talk about, ask people questions about themselves because people love to talk about themselves. Now, are they maybe good at asking them back or having a conversation? Probably not. They may not ask you the questions back, but keep pressing and keep asking. And the more that you ask these questions of like, hey, like, do you have a faith or what has what does church look like? What has church looked like for you? What's your family like? Why are you the way you are? People start to open up and then they might start asking you that back. And so we got to have so many different conversations of just sharing why I am the way I am and sharing what did church look like? What did family look like? What does sex look like? What does parting look like for me? And really sharing why do I not do those things? And people were genuinely like, huh. Like for me and my best friend, like my best friend waited till marriage. They were like, I they literally, they were like, I've never met somebody that waited till marriage. It was crazy. They were like, I've never met anybody. Why do you wait till marriage? Why are you not having sex? Right. And it was like such a great conversation starter. And so I shared my story, my testimony a lot with people. That's the number one thing as well. Or maybe the number three, I don't really know. Share your story, share your testimony. I made a whole podcast about this, about the power of sharing your story. Why your yes leads to someone else's freedom. Why your yes at being bold and sharing your testimony can lead to someone else's freedom. Because I think people have this preconceived idea of Christians are perfect. They have it all together. Nothing has happened in their past. And I'm like, uh, funny. You're funny. Actually, I have a shiz ton of crap in my past, a crap ton that, that, I could, that the enemy could use to disqualify me and say, you're dirty and your past is this. So don't even share because, you know, it's not your, your past is too, too far gone for people to think that God can love you. But I'm like, no, 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 no. The very thing that the enemy uses to disqualify you is what God wants to use to qualify you to share your story, to help other people reach their freedom and to reach the gospel. And so use your story because that was the biggest thing is I would share people. I would say, Hey, I used to party actually a lot. I didn't wait till marriage. I, you know, I was, I was partying all the time. And like, I would just share things in my story that they were like, Oh, whoa. And they would be like, tell me more about that. And then from my story, I could be like, and here is how God saved me. Here is how Jesus changed my life. Here's why I gave those things up. Here's why I chose Christ and why my life is so much more fulfilled and free and joyful because I chose Jesus. So share your testimony because nobody can take away your testimony from you as much as they can try, you know? So they might question you and your faith and why is God real and what about the dinosaurs? What about Noah's Ark? Blah, blah, blah. But they cannot take away your story and your testimony from you. That is the best thing It says in the Bible that we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power and the word of our testimony. That is how we help people know Jesus. So use your testimony. And again, I think it's so cool because I'm in such a place in my life now where my testimony is truly my testimony. Like I am not that girl anymore. I am not the same. I am changed because Jesus changed my life. And so even if people might be like, well, you you still do this or you still did that or why did you do that? Why did you make that decision five years ago? I was a sinner. I was a broken person. I was somebody that did not know Jesus that was choosing to follow my flesh and not my spirit. But that is not me anymore. My old ways are gone. The old way has dead and the new creation has come through Christ and I'm a new creation. And so now that's why I am so passionate to share this good news, which is the gospel because it's changed my life. It has set me free. 
So share your story. So by me sharing my story, I was able to help these other people there know who Jesus is. So one of the coolest situations that happened that I really, really wanted to talk about was this moment, right? So basically, essentially everything I was saying, you know, I've I've been like, you know, helping people, asking people questions, sharing the gospel, um, sharing my story, just loving on people, trying to be a difference and a light in this situation. This was the peak moment of showing that everything that I, everything that I prayed for on this trip came to fruition. So specifically, before I get into the story really quickly, there was this one day And if you're a Christian, I want you to pray for this. I want you to challenge yourself. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. If you are in tune with the spirit, then you can tell when there is a heaviness in the room. You can tell when there is spiritual warfare going on. Now, these people on this trip are not bad people. They're amazing people, like godly, no, not godly people, people that God loves and wants to know him. And so I went there and I felt this spiritual word for this heaviness of people that are wandering, that are lost. So many people I looked around, they shared their stories with me of like, yeah, I used to be addicted to drugs. I still do do, excuse me, I had a perk. I still do drugs or just getting drunk every single night and rinsing, repeating and doing the same patterns. I am not here to judge. If that is your story, if that is who you are, I'm not here to judge you, but I'm here to tell you there's more to life and there's something better and there's more abundance in life than what you're living for. And so these people, they don't, they don't know their eyes are blinded and they're just like little sheep that need a shepherd. And so I was reading all of John when I was there of just how, you know, um, there's, there's lost sheep that need a shepherd and Jesus goes out of his way to find the lost sheep, to bring them back to home because he knows they need a shepherd and the enemy is deceitful, deceiving these people. And so I felt this heaviness of like, dang, like my heart breaks for these people because they don't know what they're missing out on. They don't know how good Jesus is. They don't know that they don't have to get drunk every single night. They don't know that they don't have to be using drugs or hooking up with somebody every single night and, and, thinking that that will bring them life because it doesn't bring them life. And a lot of them have even told me that a lot of them there were like, yeah, like, you know, I, I just kind of just do it. And, you know, I just, you know, it's just fun. Like, why not? Like their, their reason is almost just like, why not? You know, like what else is stopping me? Like, I mean, I'm here, I'm here to party. It's a vacation. Like why freaking not, you know, but I want people to know that there's more to life than that. That stuff will never leave you fulfilled. It'll leave you empty. It'll make you think. Sin always makes you think that it's going to that it's going to sustain you and satisfy you, but in the end it robs you of your joy. And you later regret it and you're like, "Dang, like why did I do that? Why do I still feel empty? Why do I still feel like like something else is missing?" And that's what sin does. And so I wanted to help these people see that. And I don't want to be like, "I'm this perfect savior and everyone needs me and I'm their savior. That's not my, that was not what I wanted, but I wanted to go there to be a light to show people that there's more, that Jesus has more for you. So the specific example that I'm thinking of, there was, I think it was even like the day before, the day before I was at the camp and I felt this really, really, really heavy moment at the camp. I was journaling and reading my Bible outside and so many people came up to me and they were like, what are you reading? And I said, I'm reading my Bible. And they were like, your Bible? And one of them was like, I have never even opened up the Bible. They were like, I don't, I've never even looked inside this. And I was like, that's so crazy. And I was like, you should definitely check it out. And I tried to encourage them. But there was just this moment of heaviness where like, I realized that nobody really knows who Jesus is there, that I might be the only 
moment, the only glimpse of Jesus that these people get to experience. And all of a sudden I felt this whoosh, like this weight on my shoulders. And I started to welt up with emotions. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? I grabbed my Bible. I grabbed my journal. I started running to my room and I was like, what is wrong? And I put my Bible down and I began to weep like full on sobbing and weeping in my room. Like my best friend was alone. She was like somewhere else. I was in my room just sobbing. And I was like, Lord, there's so much like people don't know you here. Like I want them to know you here through me. Like God use me, like create a moment, create a space. Like my heart is breaking for what breaks yours. Like I said, that should be your prayer. Break my heart for what breaks yours. God breaks when he sees people hurting or that are lost, that I don't know him, that are seeking peace in other things that are than him because you won't find true peace in other things than him. So I just began to weep and I was like, Lord, give me opportunities. Give me moments to preach the gospel, moments for me to share your truth and your name, Jesus. And I just like wept. And then I had a moment of just like, okay, like I can do this. I can do this. So it was so, so freaking crazy. And y'all, I'm like sweating. Like I'm sweating right now because I feel like the presence of God is here again. So finally to share this story, finally, the last night possible on every single Saturday, and you guys can watch my vlogs if you want to see like more about this camp. Like I have vlogs being posted about this camp so you can see more of like what happens here. But on Saturday, it's the goodbye party. And so every single Saturday you say goodbye because new people come in, they leave Sunday and then some people stay, some people don't. So I stayed for two weeks. So the new influx of people was coming on Sunday. So this was the last night. I obviously I was heading back the next day and on the goodbye party, again, everyone just gets like, <laughs> they get hammered. And I had a drink. I think I had like a mojito or something that night. And so, um, everyone just started getting like really, really drunk. So I really formed a good relationship with these Germans. It was probably like six, six Germans or something. And we were all hanging out. And if you guys don't know, like I was, I don't know if you know this, I'm half German. So that I kind of created this like bond with them of like, Oh yeah, I'm German too. And my dad's German. And we spoke in German and it was really, really cool. And so there was this moment of, man, this is kind of a long story, but I'm just going to share it anyway. So we were all at this goodbye party and I was sitting down with the, with the Germans and this girl from Switzerland came up to me and she looked really, really sad. And I hadn't spoke too much with this girl and she sat down to me and she said, um, I was like, Hey, are you okay? Because she looked really, really sad. And she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And I was like, are you sure? And she pointed at this guy and let's just call this guy T. She pointed at this guy T and she was like, yeah, me and T hooked up last night and he's been ignoring me the whole day today. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, yeah, it really, it really sucks. And I was like, you know, you're better than that. I was like, you deserve so much more. You're so valuable. Like I just started trying to speak life over her of like, you're so valuable. Like you don't deserve that. And he like turns around, T turns around and he's like, you know, I can hear you. Right. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> like it was kind of awkward. And so he like pulls her over and starts like touching her again and like rubbing his hands on her butt and just like it just ugh it really disturbed me because it made me feel like he only wanted this girl when he wanted her like he used her for sex the night before and then when he wanted her again when he wanted a quick fix he pulls her close again and she caved into it and she goes right back and he starts touching her again and then I I was just like bummed out because I was like, oh, this guy is just like using her. And his friends even told me that they're like, oh, yeah, T, like we would not recommend him to anybody like he's kind of known for that. And I was like, that's such a bummer. So they're like making out and doing their thing. And she walks away and leaves. 
and they go to go hook up again. And I was like, oh, dang. And so my heart kind of just broke for that. My heart broke for this girl to, to, to see that she was being actively used by this person, you know, because he didn't value her. He ignored her the whole day. And only when he wanted her, then he started touching her and making her, you know, more known and noticed. So I said something to one of the German guys. I said, oh, that makes me so bummed out. And they were like, oh, why? And I was like, that just kind of bums me out that like, you know, he just kind of like used her. And somehow the whole conversation of sex got brought up and living with people before marriage and the the German guys were asking me and they were like, well, do you not hook up? Do you not masturbate? And I said, no, actually. And they were like, what? And they thought I was crazy. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, think I'm crazy. I don't really care. They were like, you haven't had sex. And I was like, I haven't had sex in a very, very long time. I was like, I'm not a virgin, but I've like rededicated my life. And like, I'm trying to be celebrated. I'm saving myself from marriage. And they were like, what? They're like, how do you like manage that? They're like, don't you have like urges you needed to like just satisfy? And I was like, sure. Everybody has those urges. I was like, but I, I was like, I just don't do that. And I started getting this whole conversation about it and just kind of being really bold and honest about it. And I was like, yeah, and I honestly, I don't care what people think. Like I genuinely don't. I was like, I do not care what these people think. And they were like, oh, that's so crazy. Like they thought I was genuinely weird. And then somehow the conversation got switched up. And so, like I said, I was talking about like saving myself from marriage and not living with, living with someone before marriage. And this German girl comes up to me and her name, uh, I guess I can share her name. Her name was Gabrielle. And she comes up to me and she's like, hey, uh, I, I've just, I've never heard someone saying that before. And I was like, say what? She's like, I've never heard somebody say that they like wanted to save themselves from marriage and that they weren't like living with anybody and that they weren't like hooking up with anybody. She was like, I- I'm like that. And I feel like something's wrong with me. And she said that kind of in like really, really quietly in front of all these German guys. And so I was like, hey, hold on. So I pulled her aside. I was like, hey, let's go talk about this somewhere private where, you know, these guys aren't going to like make fun of you. And so we went into this like private room and I was like, what's up? And she was like, I'm a virgin and none of my friends are a virgin. And everyone here at this camp is just is hooking up with each other. And it makes me feel like something is wrong with me because I just can't do that. Like, what's is something wrong with me? And I was like, there is nothing wrong with you. And she's like, I just can't bring myself just to like randomly hook up with somebody and everyone else is doing it. And like that, my friend, the girl that was hooking up with that guy T was her roommate. She had just met this girl at the camp, but she was like, she's been crying to me all day today about how she feels like this guy used her and he's not paying attention to her, but now they're hooking up. And she's like, I don't know how to console her because like, I just don't think that's a good idea for her to hook up. And I just tried, you know, affirming this girl. I was like, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't want to do that. I was like, in the end, like, you're going to be the one that it's left off better because you're not going to be being used by people and by guys. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with you if you don't want to do that. And so we just started speaking in, in this whole situation and just about like sex. And she just kept saying like, I feel like no one relates to me. None of my friends understand me. Like, why am I, why do I not want to have sex? Why do I not want to hook up with people? She was like, I've never met someone like you that speaks so boldly about this. She was like, I wish I had your boldness. I wish I had your courage because I just feel so embarrassed that I'm like this and no one else is like this. She's like, I don't know a single person like me that doesn't want to have sex. And I was like, whoa. So we're like getting into this really, really deep, vulnerable conversation. And then I was like, wait a second. I said, what's, what's, I was like, I don't even know your name. I was like, what's your name? And she said, her name was Gabrielle, which is my middle name. And I was like, are you kidding me? And she was wearing this bright yellow sweater, like a bright yellow sweater and blue jeans, which were happy and healthy colors. And I told her, I said, you know that this is not an accident, that your middle name is, Gab- that your name is Gabrielle, and that you're wearing this yellow sweater. And she was like, what do you mean? 
So I said, Gabrielle, your name means that you're like the bearer of good news. I was like, my middle name is Gabrielle, and it's named after the angel Gabriel, which told Mary the good news that she was going to birth a son named Jesus, the Savior of the world. And I had to kind of explain a lot of these things to her, which was totally fine, which was awesome. And I said, you're wearing a yellow sweater, this bright yellow sweater. I was like, which means that you are a light, that you are so you're supposed to be set apart. I was like, you are set apart. And she said, what does that mean to be set apart? I said, you're supposed to look different. You are different than your friends. And that is amazing. And that is exactly what God wants for you. And it's okay for you to be set apart. I was like, there is nothing wrong with you. So then she starts sharing her story with me about how she's had literally the worst year. She had people she knew pass away. She's been super depressed. And she said that a couple days ago, she was praying for something like this. She kind of grew up Catholic and she was like, I was praying for Jesus or for God to give me a moment just to show me some sense of peace. She was like, I use this trip as an escape. I use this trip as some way to try to hopefully find some peace or just a way to get away from everything. She's like, I haven't been able to find that. I have not been able to find that. She was like, I found, I found you and I started talking to you and I was like, I, I want whatever this girl has. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, Gabrielle, this is not an accident. I said, this is a divine moment. What just happened here? I said, I prayed for a divine moment with someone here as well. I was like, I prayed for something just like this as well. I prayed that Lord, you would use me. And I said, Gabrielle, even if, even if the surfing, I said, despite all the surfing, all the amazing things, I was like, I could do without all of that. I came here just for you. I was like, if, if all of that sucked, I was like, you made this trip worth it for me. And she said, wow, really? I was like, yeah, you made this trip worth it for me. So we started just like chatting about faith. And she she said, why are you like this? Why are you so bold? How are you able to speak so boldly? I said, I do not care what people think about me. I am not ashamed of the gospel because the gospel has changed my life and saved me. And so I said, that's why I speak so boldly about it, because I want people to find this true joy and peace and salvation. And so basically, we got in this whole conversation. I'm sharing the gospel with her. And I said, Gabrielle, do you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And she said, yes, I do. Ah, it made me, like, I'm getting so emotional because it was so beautiful. Like, it was so beautiful to see this girl that was so, like, lost and broken. And she just, like, was seeking some sort of peace and some sort of relief in her life. She was just seeking this. For her to find that was so beautiful. And she was weeping. Like her eyes were just welting up with emotions. She was like sobbing, like literally snot rubbing down her nose, running down her nose because she was so emotional and was just like, I have been praying for somebody like you. And I'm just so thankful. Like, God, thank you for the moment, the divine moment that you gave me with this girl. Like I'm getting so emotional because that is my heart. My heart is for people like Gabrielle. It literally was just confirmed in my mind. I was like, Lord, you just confirmed my heart for my heart for the missions, my heart for Europe, and my heart for girls at this age. She was 25 years old. My heart for the loss of like girls like this, like young, young girls that are struggling that want to know Jesus. And so I prayed with her. I walked with her through the salvation prayer. We held hands and she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior on that trip. And it was the coolest thing because I made a list of goals for myself at the beginning of this year. And I made this goal that I wanted to lead someone to the Lord in real life, not just on social media, not just on my podcast, not just on YouTube, but in real life, I wanted to lead someone to Jesus. And that was Gabrielle. Like, ah, the coolest thing. And so 
we were trying to have this really deep conversation and then the German guys kept coming back up and kind of being like, what are y'all doing? And like interrupting our conversation. And so finally I was like, Gabrielle, come on, come here. Like I ran to my room, I brought her back to my room and we started talking a little bit more and I shared a little bit more about my testimony with her about how I had past addictions and past struggles growing up. And she revealed to me that she had those same struggles. She had this addiction that she had been struggling with for the last nine years of her life, the last nine years and she was like, I want to be free from this. I don't want this anymore. She was like, every time I do it, I feel guilty and I feel like so dirty and like something's wrong with me. So again, we prayed over that. We prayed that, that we would bind that addiction in the name of Jesus. And we like literally just prayed over that. And I had her pray over that as well. And I opened my eyes and I could see her praying and I could literally see it was the coolest thing, you guys. I could just see her regaining her strength and her identity and her purpose. And I could see chains falling and I could see her get more free and literally this like this light this weight lifted off of her and I was just like oh my gosh and she looked at me and she was like whoa she was like I feel so like free she was like I feel so so much relief and I was like that was Jesus I was like that was the Holy Spirit and so she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior on that trip I could give a poop, a rat's booty about anything else on that trip, but she made that trip worth it for me. Of course, I loved the trip. It was so much fun. Like the trip was amazing, but Gabrielle made that trip worth it for me. So praise Jesus for that trip. And so I told her, I was like, I would love to mentor you. We can read the Bible together. I can FaceTime you, like all this stuff. I want to just help her. And I've always had this heart. Like I said, I've always had this heart for, for Germany because of my dad, because I just feel like there's some lost people there. People like my cousins that have told me like, you know, church is just, it's boring here. I want to bring the true good gospel to Europe, to, to the, to the nations. Everyone has their heart for a certain country or a certain cause or a certain purpose or something different. But that is what I feel. I feel like the Lord has called me to do. And so it was just so crazy knowing that this girl was German, just like me and my father, and also knowing that her name was Gabrielle, just like my name. She was wearing the happy and healthy colors. She came up to me, just like the whole situation was just so God-ordained. And the fact that she prayed, she prayed for a moment. She prayed for something on this trip. And she said, you were that. And I was like, no, 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 you were that for me. Like literally the coolest thing. So I just like had to share that story because that that made my trip worth it. And I was just like, praise you, Jesus. It was the coolest thing. And I'm just so thankful. So that to me is what it means to have a mission minded kingdom mindset when you're traveling. Like you don't have to go on a quote unquote mission trip to do that. Y'all you can go do that anywhere. You can do that in your city. You can do that in your friend group. You can do that when you're traveling, like try to be a light, try to set yourself apart, try to ask people good questions, try to pray for people, try to show them why you're different, share your story, share your testimony. Like it makes a difference. You guys, people see that and it does not go unnoticed and pray. This is what I kept praying. I said, God, I pray that everything that happened on this trip, that it does not go unnoticed, that your word does not return void. Even if it's a little seed, a mustard seed, Lord, you water this, you take care of this. I am just here to be the hands and feet. I am just here to plant a little bit of seeds, just to be a little bit of a light, just to be a little bit of example. But God, you take care of the rest. You do the rest. And I just prayed. I just kept praying, God, like, I hope that someone sees Jesus in me. I hope that someone saw a difference in me. 
I hope that somebody just remembered a little inch, a little moment of when I mentioned Jesus or when I mentioned how Jesus changed my life or the Bible or something to where that they could be like, okay, what was that about? What was that all about? I'm just praying that, that, that God now waters that. I'm just here to be the hands and feet. So I really, really hope that this podcast encouraged you to have a mission mindset everywhere you go, you guys. Like the Great Commission does not have to be that you get on a plane and that you go do that. But that was just my example because there were multi-missions, multi-countries uh, represented there, which I was like, I would be a dang fool to squander this moment and to waste this moment and to preach the gospel to all these nations. So I really pray that I did that well. And I pray that that God now takes care of the rest. And it was just like the the freaking coolest trip ever. Like truly it was. I left feeling so unfulfilled. So that was my story. Like that was my trip and it was the coolest thing. And so I'm still in contact with this beautiful girl, Gabrielle, and we're still chatting and everything. And she asked me what Bible she should get. And so now I'm like here to mentor her, which is so awesome. I even journaled in, in my goals for this year that I wanted to mentor somebody. So um, hopefully she's the one that I can mentor as well. So it's just like so cool. Like I just feel like, oh, wow. Like praise you, Jesus. So I really hope that this podcast inspired you, encouraged you just to have a mind, a mindset of that everywhere you go. Um, and that's just like a good way to do it. I think hopefully, hopefully I did it well. Maybe I, maybe there's, maybe there's errors I messed up. Maybe there's errors where someone thought I was judgmental, but I always just kept trying to tell people like, I kept trying to tell them like, Hey, I'm not judging you. If you party or you drink or you whatever, I was like, I am not judging you. I was like, that's just something that I personally don't do anymore because it caused me to do some really dumb things and caused me a lot of regret and shame and guilt. And I don't want that anymore. And so, um, I just try not to judge people, but y'all, it was awesome. But if you want to see, um, the vlogs from the trip, if you want to see all my little sweet friends that I met there and everything that I did, check out my YouTube channel, Janina Mapola has all my vlogs there from the trip and tons more coming. So this podcast is quite long, but I just really hope that it's encouraged you just how to have a kingdom mindset, how to preach the gospel, how to look different, how to help people, how to serve people. Again, I'm still learning. I'm growing. I have so much to learn and grow and do, but I think, I think it worked. And that girl, Gabrielle made that trip so worth it for me. So yeah. So thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Um, let me know who you want on the podcast next, or let me know what you want to hear about next on this, in the comments down below, or just on the happy and healthy Instagram. I love you guys. This podcast is a joy. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. And uh, I'm just leaving feeling so refreshed and revived. And Portugal is a beautiful country. Go check it out if you can. And um, just thank you, Jesus, for everything. I'm so beyond grateful. So thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys next Tuesday for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Until then, stay happy and healthy. Peace out, Girl Scout. Bye, guys.